0: Welcome to EpilepsyCast, the podcast about all things epilepsy from Epilepsy Action. Hey everyone, welcome to a special bonus edition of Epilepsy Cast. Um, we're still not quite ready for series two, but we've got a really good one for you uh, that we can't wait to share, um, and we couldn't hold it back any longer. Now, Hattie is still off on maternity leave at the moment, so I'm going to be joined by my colleague Claudia. Now, Claudia is a PR and media officer here at Epilepsy Action, and she was contacted a couple of months ago by Arish. Now, Arish is one of you fine Epilepsy Cast listeners. She's currently working as a model. And she was inspired by some of the podcasts to tell her own story and it is a really fascinating one trust me now claudia hello <laughs> could you tell Hi. us a lo- could you tell us a little bit more about arish and kind of how uh, the chat you had with her came about
1: sure well it was a few months ago um she just dropped an email to us saying how she loved the podcast and she just wanted to raise some more awareness she'd obviously found a new community which was our podcast and she just thought there was some scope to chat a bit more about her own background. Um, she wanted to kind of explore how epilepsy impacts people from different ethnicities and yeah. different spiritual beliefs and all kinds of false intel. She was um, she was quite mindful to sort of talk about. I think her background had um you know been really challenging and she uh, she'd found a safe space where she could uh reach out to our listeners.
0: That's really cool to find out that the podcast has had a positive impact on, on someone. And um, we do get um, quite a few emails that, you know, people say that they do enjoy the podcast. And it's ace to kind of get her on to talk about her history and her story. And I think you did a really good job, Gordy. Oh, so, thanks.
1: Well, it, We just had a chat, really. But I recorded yeah. it just to record it so I could jot down some notes and then ended up that actually being quite a cool chat that we said how oh, this will work this will work yes I like yes
0: <laughs> i would i will pre-warn as well and just say arish does go into a few heavy topics doesn't she claudia and she does use a few instances of strong language but i'd say they're probably merited uh, with, yeah, with what she's, she's gone yeah she's,
1: exactly she's she's been on a huge journey i hate that word um but it it, it does encapsulate quite a bit yeah. she's only in her mid-20s she's on this amazing kind of career path as a model but she's overcome so much in her life already and um, she's really brave and inspiring she's been through all kinds of traumas as a young girl um, and to, to listen to her and how she is so positive it, that shines through so much i was really inspired so i hope you guys really like it
0: absolutely and don't forget if you ever want to be featured on the podcast like arish or you want to get in touch with us um you can always email us on podcast at uk, but yeah without further ado let's go into that interview now
1: so where do you live you live you're in south london
2: um i'm living actually in east london in ilford all right have yeah. you been there long i've actually just moved here uh, the beginning of april oh wow so oh, that's I just before I was living in South London for about like eight months. I was in Brixton. Yeah. Really love that area. But yes, I've been trying to find a community of um a community where I can feel like I I where people can relate to me, you know, where people yeah. where I can find more information and understand my condition and the way our brains and our bodies just work, you know without yeah. feeling when i'm discussing with somebody who completely does not understand and then they're looking at me like i'm like crazy you know
0: yeah
2: so and i found you guys on like instagram and then i was just reading about you guys and i was seeing everything that you guys were doing i was like wow these people are, in, are incredible and then i found the podcast and oh. i was like I was looking for a podcast about epilepsy and then just people just um a place where people just had like a comfort zone like a safe zone and just be able to just discuss and people get more and more information and then I was like this like everything that they were talking on there and all of their guests that they had I was like this is incredible like
1: oh I'm really glad they'll be so pleased because it was a new kind of experiment for us we've never done one before so, so part of what I thought would be lovely to talk to you about was your new—I think—I guess it's relatively new—your career in modelling and um, how that all came about. It's all been quite quick, hasn't it? Has
2: it? Yes, yeah. it
1: has. Yeah, I guess it's. Um, how has it been combining it? If that's the right word, combining it with your condition and have you been quite healthy and been okay work-wise with your epilepsy?
2: Yes, actually, honestly after coming into modeling and, um, seeing how much pressure and how much stress it puts onto the body and just onto your mind, I was like, I need to make sure that I'm like 100% good. Like I need to take care of my body. I need to take care of my mental health because Mm -hmm. this industry is not for everybody. This industry does not give you, you know, like like a pamphlet. Like here you go. These is what you have to do. This is how you're supposed to behave. How do you, like, yeah. And you've got to, to learn go. really
1: quick and be yeah. quite robust, haven't you?
2: Yeah, and then just always standing in front of the camera too. Like the camera just drains you, and you're always on on your foot, and you're just wearing heels, switching outfits, you know, different makeup changes. You know, mm. you're traveling abroad. You're you're always mobile. Like you're always everywhere. You're not. Just and there's not a lot of routine.
1: Yes. Yeah
2: exactly so coming into this industry and then just like seeing how things were were working and at first I was quite frightened because I was like what if one because I've never had an episode while I was during like the day like when when I'm out and about but I was always in the back of my head like what if maybe the flashing light may trigger this episode you know yeah
1: yeah. I'm guessing you never had what you're not triggered by
2: light no I'm not that's good so, but then you know the conditions always can build up
1: yeah and they can change can't they the yeah. triggers
2: yeah so it was just in the back of my head I was always I always frightened like have if something happens you know because my my triggers are mostly to do with with muscles oh, okay um, so I have my epilepsy is the monolic seizure so with the jerking of the muscles of the one side of, of your body. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: And does that make you fall um, and stuff like that? Or is it more of like a paralysis, sort of a bit of a paralysis or a jerk? Does it yeah. make you fall?
2: No, it doesn't make me fall. Usually, um, it does actually make me fall because but most, I've never had when I was standing up. Um, I've always been in bed I've always been in, in home like I'm oh, good. you know so it always happens like early in the mornings as like as soon as I wake up it will happen yeah or, like, while I'm sleeping yeah so, but it is like like this stiffness that comes and then it's like this aura sensation so I know once it's happening so okay. I'm, I'm conscious for for the first bit of it and then after that, I'm just like, as soon as it's done, I wake back up and I'm just drained.
1: Oh, I'm sure. And for a lot of people, like, I think some people think, oh, it's a bit of a less seizure if you're conscious. That must be fine. And But I think it must be pretty scary when you can actually yeah. s- see what's going on. You know, it's tough.
2: And then especially because when you're trying to fight it back, because sometimes I'm able to control it, like hold, like hold back the jerks and then it, my body. But then, you know, That's just fun. letting all of that energy just like out it like it just drains you even more because when you wake up you're even more exhausted you're just like you can't even move so you just go right back to sleep again and then episode can come back out of it and then it's just all these extra things that just keep building up
1: yeah I'm sure and tired just tiredness have a factor in it as well like
2: when I get lack of sleep um um, sleep, um, yeah, la- lack of sleep triggers it, um, just a lot, a lot of stress that I would put on, on my body, like, if I work my body too hard, especially because I, I work out often now, I would yeah, like, so when I put too much of that onto my body, and just bad, just bad eating habits could, could trigger it, you know, sometimes alcohol tr- triggers, yeah. it. so, it's just uh, it's very cold.
1: common it's I mean it's so those triggers it's but they're hard to keep on top of I'm sure but they're so they seem to be really significant triggers for a lot of people
2: yeah because not especially you know when 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 you're also young you know you want to be with your peers you mm. want to do what your peers do but you just have to be more cautious and an alert of your well-being, because you have to understand that you are different from the rest of the world sometimes. And
1: yeah, and you were diagnosed as when you were about fourteen, is that yes. right? Yeah, I was that's very. It's a really. Yeah, I seem to be reading so much at the moment of women, certainly being diagnosed at that age. It's such a pivotal age. I think, yeah, the hormones sometimes have something to do with it being 14, kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's such a difficult age because you want to do everything that your friends are doing.
2: Yeah. But the thing, like, I got my first episode one when I was 12. And then I didn't have any more until I was 14. But then as soon as I, like, you know, when, when they were telling me I'm, I'm epileptic and just, in, like, my head, like, everything just hit me. Life just really hit me and yeah. and i tur- and and i went to a really bad path
1: I'm sure so tough was that because it, you you found it really hard to accept
2: yeah i found it really hard to accept it as soon as i found like, as soon as they told me and then as soon as i was taking it in like i just didn't want to accept the fact that i am an epileptic you know and i was like no like this is not my life this is not my story at all like this cannot be me Like this, like this is and especially because there's so much bad like context towards it and especially being a woman of color, it just brought a lot of dysfunction into into my family. Like and I was I was pushed away a lot from my siblings and you know, from from my mother. Um it was only my, my dad's brother, my uncle, who really told me like, You are a special girl, like you know, like this is not your fault. There's something okay. to do. It has to like he always said. It was um, to do with rituals back home. Yeah. So in the spiritual realm, like it was always about my my family, my 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 parents just didn't do what was necessary, you know. So because they were
1: scared and they didn't understand it. All?
2: Yeah. Um it was more of like cuz my mom as soon as my mom had twins she was supposed to do a celebration for them but my 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 parents they were divorced um they got at that time they were separated and they my my father just really hated my my mother honestly Aww. you know and he just didn't want to complete what was necessary um for back home and I guess he was just like when your parents don't do what is right, all all that all all of that um, what's the right word? All of all of the all all all, all the family cur- curses goes on to a child. Yeah, and I guess and children I was there, absorb it,
1: don't they? You don't you can't help but absorb their negative problems or you know. As a child, you're just like it's like a sponge, aren't you? You absorb a it. A bit.
2: So, and he was like, I guess you were just the child that was chosen to to have to deal with this because probably you are the strongest one out of all of your siblings. So, but I really, I really fell into hanging out with older people, doing, drinking more frequently, partying, sleeping less. Yeah. You know, and then just a lot of my traumatic it's experiences. Like a rebellion. Yeah. I was really being um yeah. rebellious and I was I was I basically I was literally screaming for, for help. Like I was like, I don't understand, I don't know what I'm doing, like why is this happening to me? All my cousins, their parents are telling them don't go around a reach like she's not you know she 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 is not well she's like a demon child like you know the devil cursed her this this and that so i was really pushed away from my my family and i was okay nobody wants me nobody wants me to be around so i if if i leave and if i die from this out in the streets no one's going to care you know and i honestly i believe that was really that was my, my goal, to be honest. To do everything that was that can harm me as much as possible.
1: Yeah, so self self
2: destruct. Yeah, so I wouldn't have to wake up from it again. Oh,
1: that's so hard. How did how how did you pull yourself out of that? Slowly. Was it a slow process of acceptance?
2: I, th- I think after every episode, I just. After every episode, I just kept falling back into the same routine again of going back to self destruction mode. But I think as soon as I, once I had my child, um, that's where I was really like, okay, I'm I'm pregnant now. Yeah, um, forces you
1: to the to a bit.
2: I was like, I'm pregnant now. I can't do what I'm like, you know to harm myself and plus i don't want to give my child any sort of medical problems this is not anything to do with her this is not her fault so i i was very more cautious in the in through my pregnancy and i didn't have one fits through my whole pre- my 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 hey. wow yeah. that's great yeah because a lot of my episodes too honest sometimes i would have them for like i'll have like one and i won't have them for like up to six months to like a year you know, but then I would have really, really bad ones within those within those um with, within those episodes because I was drinking, you know, I was partying, I would I had a yeah. of sleep and all these things. But after having my after having my daughter, I started um t- starting to like try to find myself. because I wanted to be a good mom. Yeah. I didn't raise my child like the way my like my my mother and my family raised me so i was trying to come to a place where i was i'm like okay let me let me take care of myself
1: yeah no that's it's a good motivator isn't it and you're thinking you can't think of yourself you're sort of thinking of somebody else and trying to do the best for someone else it kind of focuses the mind of it doesn't it
2: yes exactly oh. so she was she she was truly the person who made me change and do a whole 360 around because i'm like i am not going to go into a motherhood and she's gonna be like my mom is terrible like she has this medical problem and she still doesn't want to take care of herself and to even let alone like she has me and she's not even even behaving like a parent
1: yeah how old were you when you were when you had her? Were you late teens or?
2: Um, no, I had her when I was twenty.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. I had it's, young. <laughs> hmm? it's young. It's young. It's still young, isn't it?
2: It was. It was still very very young. So. Yeah.
1: And you had um you had some episodes when she was very quite small.
0: Yeah. She? So,
2: after when after. Um, giving birth after raising her for about a year within that year I was having episodes like every other every other month it kept coming up very like three people in these I was like there's a lot of stress happening on me you know I, I wasn't getting much help the father wasn't there um sleep deprivation yeah sleep deprivation everything so it just kept coming and coming but especially when I had this one episode during Um, the Christmas holiday, that was the one that really, really terrified me the most because that's the one I went into a coma for about like, for about a week, I was, I was, I was in a coma and that, and by then that was like my fourth coma that I've, that I've been in, you know? Yeah. So, so from, from there, like I had to make a decision either for the well being of her so she was not so she doesn't have to grow up at such a young at such a young age or having to call 911 every time like her mother has a fits or something else, it's like i had to make a decision and i made a decision to um to do an open adoption
1: yeah, yeah. so how's that what how is what's an open adoption
2: so an open adoption is basically where you are still um in so you are still in contact with the family oh, okay. and, uh, and so you can still be involved in the child's life while 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 they're raising her yeah oh wow
1: and is that quite a common thing or is it is it not very common when people adopt to do that
2: um i don't honestly i think it's like a 50 50 thing I, yeah. It's the person's personal choice yeah um Oh well that's yeah. great that you you've in touch with her a lot and everything. Yeah. I'm very I'm very close with the family. That's lovely. We we built a really strong um a relationship where we talk on the regular basis and we video chat and we're planning vacations and trips together. So Oh, that's so
1: cool. That's lovely. And parent. how old is your daughter now?
2: She is four. Oh. Yeah.
1: And she's back in Canada. is she in Canada?
2: Yeah, she's back in Canada.
1: Oh that's lovely. You can plan well it's so nice we can plan stuff as well, obviously with the year that we've all had, but it's so good. You you know, must be really desperate to see her.
2: I am. Um, I'm like I'm planning probably to go back in like August and take like a month off, go back in August and just spend the time with them and just yeah. do as much as I can possible and just enjoy enjoy it because I really really miss her every time just seeing her through that camera I'm just like yeah I just want to like let me just hold you like let me just grab you yeah plus she's very she's she's also very intellectual little girl too so she's really asking a lot a lot of questions about you know she understands the fact that she I am her mother she came from my from my body and that I and then I gave her to someone that they wanted to be parents and that they are her her parents and she understands that but she's asking even more like in-depth questions she just doesn't want like that little like happy happy story
1: and it's it's good to start having these conversations when they ask isn't it and not hide stuff and kids are really clever aren't they and they they pick up so much it's so good that you you have this presence in her life like that
2: yeah it's 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 honestly amazing especially because she she is with a caucasian family you know okay so she's not seeing somebody and her and her other sister is black also but she's not seeing people of her complexion every day no you know? so even that in that whole that di- dynamic she's still like she she knows that she's black and she knows that her parents are white but then she knows like you know like but i think it's just something that's going is more it's it's soothing for me a bit because she can grow up to be very diverse and not look at complexion but look at people from within and understand yeah. not to judge people because of of their race because yeah. she, she's growing up in in a very diverse community you know
1: yeah and have and obviously her relationship with you means she'll she knows who she is and where she's from and I think it's so important isn't it when you yeah you are from another racial background it's yeah she's got your, you know she's got you as her to ground her and and know where she's from
2: yeah
1: otherwise it must be quite quite tough Um oh that's brilliant I'm glad you have such a you know a really good situation there and um you're able to see her soon do you find you, you sort of and have to explain it a bit to some people and do people get it when you talk about the adoption or is it kind of you don't go into it too much or
2: um I think people p- people I think what honestly what people do they feel like pity for me mm. I feel like that that that's what I get when I tell tell this it's like a pity thing but um some people do get it some people don't
1: you know? yeah but it's all you know it's your experience
2: yeah so it's how comfortable they are and how open-minded they are with these type of situations, really. Because when I gave my daughter up for adoption, I did not tell my family for a whole year. Wow. No one knew ab- about it. Um, even even before giving her up for adoption, I did seek help from my family. I asked, like, "Can you guys help me? I need help." I went to the father. No one wanted to extend the help. And listen, I come from a big family. I have like eight siblings. Yeah. I have you know both my parents both live in Canada, and I have multiple cousins and relatives. And then on her dad's side of the family, he has all these family members also. So it was like just for no one to try to help. it's, like, I was I was really hurt from it because you say your family is your village, you know? Yeah. So, you must have felt so
1: alone and so yeah. vulnerable
2: so it
1: was, it was very tough
2: yeah so then I had to make the decision because after that episode after coming out of that coma all I wanted to do was hold my child but then after seeing that I, while I was in the hospital for a whole week imagine if imagine if I didn't even get up who was gonna take care like who was gonna take her yeah over her you know so all these thoughts, all these things just kept running through my through my head. Like I was like, I'm such a bad mother for like, you know, like I was doing myself. for having epilepsy. I was like, I was like, I'm like, I am the cause of this. Like, why does she have to suffer? You know, so.
1: No, it's, you know, it's so difficult and no one can put themselves really in your shoes unless they have, you know, exactly those yeah. Senses. So you did what you know. You did what you felt you could. You have to do your best, don't you?
0: Hey, just stepping away from the conversation between Claudia and Arish for a second. We just wanted to give a trigger warning to our listeners that this is the point in the conversation where Arish goes on to talk about some difficult and sensitive issues surrounding sexual abuse she experienced as she grew up and the impact of the trauma on her seizures. It's just a heads up because we realise it might be particularly upsetting for some listeners. We will be linking some sources of support in the show notes. Thank you.
2: Yeah, exactly. So and then plus you and plus I'm pretty sure you know that epi, with epileptics they have they get a lot of bad mental health issues from from it, you know. Yeah where like and my mental state was not was not right like because always hearing up um growing up my my like half of my teenage life, the people pushed me away. They were they were saying that I'm like the devil's the devil's child. So I've always had like these bad I've always had like these negative thoughts in my head these these negative visions of myself you know so even even waking up from an episode I would be afraid to even sleep in the dark because while I was in my episode I I was dreaming and I was dreaming about like evil things like you know like tormenting things because as as like a young child too I was raped by multiple men and just all these things came and then it was just like literally walking in like the valley of death you know like I was like I was just in darkness so I was always I was always in such a bad state after after an episode and I didn't recover mentally for like about a month so even I was taking all these things into into considerations too so
1: did you did you say I think I read it when you did that asked for in the telegraph did you say that sometimes your seizures are actually, you might be triggered by memory and traumatic memories of trauma.
2: Yeah. So when I when I my neurologist, when I was um seeing him my neurologist in Canada, were discussing about this and um he told me he 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 brought it up. He was like, Are you sure like maybe these um your triggerments seem like it's could be triggered by memory from your childhood that when, that when you dream, you're dreaming back into your past, that, because we realize when sometimes when you're in your episode, you um tend to mumble something out, or, or, and then when, then when you wake up, you, like, protect yourself, you know, so then it was, um, so then I was like, okay, I'm like, and I took that to consideration, because every time I was like, I realized when I did dream I was dreaming sometimes about what happened to me as, as a kid and or seeing my um and my dad fighting or you know, just things of just that that were horrifying for So me. but like
1: buried things that were buried in you, I guess.
2: That were just coming up.
1: Oh god, I mean the siege was bad enough on its own, but you know, having that all sort of regurgitated as well must have been really difficult was it somehow like did it bring them to the surface in a kind of weird way that made you process them a bit I don't know I'm not a therapist I just I'm amazed how you've got to where you are and dealt with it somehow you know and you're so positive I'm just wondering if it yeah in some weird way the memories coming out kind of were cathartic or something
2: like I come from, I come from, a I don't come from the greatest family, Not come from a really, like, abusive household, um, I come from a family where we don't embrace our emotions, we don't talk about, about, about anything, really, you know, so, um, it's, with, oh, uh, I'm getting a bit,
1: it's okay, don't, you don't have to go there, it's absolutely fine, I've, you know, it's just, it's just amazing how far you've come, and it's, these things never go away i know that but you know it's brilliant somehow processed a bit
2: what i think it had to come out i think what it did um me like my epilepsy i think it showed it showed me how bit to be open like just i just say fuck everything excuse my my language and just (laughs) let it all out like just let it be you have no control
1: do you you just got
2: to heard like let like I wanted my family to hear what happened what what your brother-in-law did to me what your brother did to me you know what my cousins the men the people that you trusted to come and take care of your children what they did to to us you know and I needed my community to understand that like these things when you guys kept talking about oh that's only white people stuff. Only white people do this. Only I'm like, no, this happens in every community. These type of things happen in every race. And Regardless, it's denial is so bad
1: for 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 the children affected. Denying it is just so awful.
2: Yes, and then on top of it, blaming your, the child like it's your fault. You were the reason why it happened to you. Oh. This is your problem. And it's like, no, like what
1: what
2: eight-year-old no no what four-year-old or eight-year-old wants to see their parents arguing fighting you know yeah. what eight-year-old wants multiple men coming into in, into their safe space these men who claim to say that they, they they care for you and love you and they they want they want to be your protectors then come and just harm you and then sexually harass you like no child wants that. No. And then I think with my epilepsy, it just, it just made me not want, it just made me not care. Like I was going to be like, all of this is happening because of all of the traumatic experiences that I went through as a kid. It's all coming up now. And you guys are going to hear regardless if you like it or not. Like, I'm just going to tell, I'm just going to speak it. And if you guys don't want it, then you guys don't want to believe me, then it's, that's all on you. But it's going to be for the better of my health yeah it's going to be better for the state of of my mind you know and if other people in my community if my cousins or you know family friends hear about it and maybe something happened to them then they can speak up about it too yeah
1: so true makes it more not it's not acceptable but it if you can have some open yeah it's talked about it's it's more it's more obvious and people have to address it but people are scared aren't they and it's crazy but it you know the effect on you um and being a teenager as well I was just thinking um I I I read that you you're quite you're keen to sort of I don't know do a lot to help young teenagers like you were in terms of epilepsy and being a teenager I think it's such a crucial time in anyone's life never mind what you've been through so you know deeply uh, mental health is huge obviously and um dealing with epilepsy is is it's very tough on a teenager never mind all the other
2: yeah other
1: stuff what yeah. would you say to a if you knew someone who was kind of you know early teens who just got diagnosed or you could go back to your teenage self about epilepsy would you have anything you could Say or
2: yeah what what I would say would be like, I would tell any, anyone that's like either going through the processing like like or whatever I would say to them or to even myself as like a young teen teenager, listen that these episodes, what they're gonna do for you is sh- tell you and show you who you are. It's gonna build you into the person that you most want to be because it will help you with your state of mind and how to function to and to give recognition into the things that that are most important to you in life you know
1: yeah
2: yeah Yeah. wow because i feel like my epilepsy has has really helped me regardless even though i was so negative in, in my head i've always tried to push out positive onto other positivity onto other people. And I just wanted to see other people happy. Like I I would never wish honestly like with epilepsy I wouldn't wish this on anybody. I would never want to see any, even my my worst enemy, like even suffer with it. And every day, even when I was going through my experiences growing up, I said, you know what? Maybe God put this on me because my siblings, they can never handle what, what I can handle right now. You know, the, the amount of stress and just like the amount of drainage that you, that you get from it Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: and just like the mental state behind it and just always isolating yourself from people also. And then you thinking that you have to turn to towards all these substance abuse to find some sort of happiness is no you you don't like I don't think a lot of people not a lot of people can really handle what epileptics really go through but we all have our own journeys and we all go through our our own you know like our our own pains with it
1: yeah everyone's very different aren't they but there's a I think there's flip sides of there's a whole spectrum of experience and people feeling either so powerless and so I don't know you know dealing with being ashamed and having their independence and then other people they get to another place where they're like you know this I'm more powerful and Mm -hmm. might not control it but I don't know I think it's it's really different for everybody isn't it your mental sort of acceptance and how you feel it can change day to day I'm sure
2: yeah exactly and it's and it's just I think it's just how you perceive it end of the day too you know when you when you look at it at a a negative narrative then you're you're all you're going to gain from is just always bad things happening to you and you're also going to be feeling bad things but then when you look at it at a positive end you're going to be like you're gonna wake up from those episodes. You're gonna feel even more empowered after, because you're like, "Okay, I woke up from this episode this time." You know, now yeah, survived. Now I can go and march and show these, show these people that regardless of my medical state, I'm still able to strive and go reach the end of of the tip of of that tree. Yeah, you
1: know,
2: I'm still able to to climb. Regardless, I may have a few fall downs, but I'm still going to climb up. And when I climb up, I am going to find that crown or whatever it is that you are reaching for, you know, because because, like life itself is just, it's just, it's just a miraculous like vortex to be honest. It's literally like, it's literally like a vortex. You have your ins and your outs and you just just got to choose carefully yeah and who you want to be and how you want to be and how you want to perceive your conditions and where where you want to stabilize your 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 intentions really you know yeah yeah
1: and it's amazing the business you're in as well to be that kind of voice and whether you choose to be the voice or not, it sometimes chooses you maybe, but to be, you know, in your career, doing so well, and um, do people, are people quite surprised when you tell them about epilepsy um, in your kind of work situations?
2: Yes, people are very surprised. They're like, they get quite like scared because they're like, oh my, you guys, because they're like, oh, are you going to like fall down? Like, I'm like, you guys know there's like nine different types of epilepsy. Like, it's not always the, the typical you're getting a jerk and you're gonna fall and you're gonna have foam coming out of your mouth. Yeah. You know? And when I tell them they're they're always just shook and they're always just shocked that they're like, I did not know this. That I'm like I'm like you see, I'm like, listen, you will never tell who is an epileptic who is, you know, somebody who has um ADHD or like these mm.
1: um,
2: Visible disabilities aren't written all over our bodies you know no. that and you cannot just assume something that is not that you have not educated yourself on you know like yeah. you just can't just judge automatically but I think people are starting to understand a bit like like the people who I've told that I am epileptic and they're and they're starting to start to build more recognition to it like they want to learn about it, they want to understand it they're like honestly I like I just did not know about this at all
1: yeah so
2: it's interesting I think it's the
1: brain the brains can scare people can't it when they and things that people can't see and the thing of being like oh you're a, you're like a ticking time bomb it could go off any second and most of the time it's you know it's not always like that um and the fears that people have so it must be kind of irritating when you have to educate people but then it does have a great impact
2: no i i i honestly enjoy it yeah like even if they're even if their um opinions on it is quite bad i'm like eventually something's going to happen in their life and they're going to be like oh wow that's what she meant you know, and, they, and it's going to change their whole perspective, like, end, end of the day, so, even me, I was, I was very, I was very naive and very dull to even, even wanting to learn about my own condition, because I just did not want to be a part of, it. I did not want, uh, to be, yeah, wanted to push it away, I just, I'm like, I did not want to be, to be in that category, you know, just yeah. didn't it at all, because that makes it too real or mm-hmm. too but when, but when you learn to accept it it i think it gets easier uh, like i had an episode a few weeks ago and it used to take me a whole month to recover and literally the next day to have one full day of sleep and the day after i was up and going going back to work i oh. went back to the gym you know i was just doing my 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 daily routine again and i was like you know what it's really it's really much, it's much more easier on me knowing now that I have accepted it and I'm like, and I'm fine with it. And, and I'm not, I'm not just going to just build like this blank wall towards it anymore. Yeah. I'm going to make sure like people, if anything I want to do in this industry, if I ever leave it is let people know that the people who come in, you cannot always just automatically assume somebody um, just judge somebody off off the bat because you don't know what somebody's facing with behind closed doors.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know? So have you, have you sometimes yeah
1: had to be recovering and missed a job or is it actually been okay? You know, if you're recovering from a seizure.
2: I don't think I really had um, an episode when I had like a job the next day. Yeah. I think it was. It always happened after I had like these long weeks of work. And then when I had like this one week of break, then I think like that's when like a triggerment like just came out of nowhere, and then that's when I had to recover myself again. Yeah, yeah, that's why like with a lot of things, isn't it? And you
1: know when people you work yourself to the bone, and then it's when you get some time off and you relax, and you then you suddenly get ill, and you're like, oh, what? But right. <laughs> it's just the way the world is, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Um, so, what are your, what's your next project? Have you got some shoots coming up?
2: Yes, I have my the next. I have what, work on Monday. I have work like all next week. They're all campaigns: H and M, Matalan, wow. River Island. um The week after, going to Paris for Mugler.
1: Wow! They love you, don't they? You're you're very big with Mugler, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I know a lot of people. <laughs> I love Mugler they're they're like my family they're such a nice team they're so like Casey the designer himself really wants to build inclusivity and diversity within body shapes and you know of complexion and just of different backgrounds so I'm like I'm here for it like if the yeah. need, I'm gonna I'm gonna come it's great yeah. it's
1: timing isn't it I guess and being quite an amazing person <laughs> but, you know some of these things are it's brilliant that the the world is changing a little bit and especially the diversity in, you know, in modelling and stuff. It's it's a big change, isn't it?
2: Yeah.
1: About time.
2: It really is.
1: But and also even, you know, like we we're talking about H&M, Matalan, they're, you know, they're stuff my kids would buy um, <laughs> and I would buy and it's brilliant when you've got such a, a great range of sizes and, you know, real women.
2: Yeah. Especially women real, of color. Real people, you know. It's really, it's, it's crazy because even before me coming to this industry, I did not think of these models as people. I was like, just pretty faces standing in front of the camera, just, you know, just trying to sell clothes because they want to like, you know, cause they are obviously getting paid for it. They're getting paid massive money, mm. but uh, meeting other models too. And then seeing, hearing their stories. And I'm just like, wow. I'm like, I was so naive and just uneducated on this because you guys actually have lives.
1: Yeah. And you're not just a vessel and a mm-hmm. signer.
2: <laughs> that's what
1: they used to call it. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Have you made some good friends in the yeah. industry?
2: Yes, I have. I've, oh, I've made a few good, good friends and, and I just hope it, it keeps building and, and I keep meeting more amazing, more amazing, great people and being able crazy. to, like, work someday, work one day. One, one of my greatest dreams is to work on a campaign that has to do for epileptics. I want to do a campaign and then just make, like, and do, like, a collab with, like, H&M, Zara, you know, something with Vogue or anything, mm-hmm. just build awareness to epilepsy because I feel like society, they're, they're quite, they still don't know about it they don't really educate themselves too much about it because it's not it's not a very like what one out of like 20, 20 people have epilepsy or is it like 100 people is one in 100 yeah so it's not it a might very, be more there's a lot of people
1: undiagnosed
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so, and then it's just when when you don't know people you you get frightened from it you just you're you get frightened from the unknown yeah and i think bringing more awareness to society and in the industry can really save someone's life.
1: Yeah. And just start conversations as well, isn't it? And, you know, bringing it out of the shadows is sometimes stuff we talk about a lot, taking away the shame and the fear and weird things that people think about epilepsy. It, it, It all helps having these conversations and just making it more, you know, it's everywhere, you know, it's like for a lot of things people um as long as people start talking about it and and there's not this culture of hiding hiding your truth I guess
2: oh thank you I'm um, anything to help like ah. I, I am here like anything you guys need me to like you know share on my social media like anything yes. that any like events anything I am I'm willing yeah. to help, I am I am there like like Anything to help build awareness and just to put a positive content on, you know, on on epilepsy and letting people understand that we like our lives may our lives aren't all just always easy. You know, we don't always get to get up every day and just have a simple life getting up and go. Sometimes we have those days where a fit would just come out of nowhere and you're like, I took care of myself so well this whole month. Why am oh, I so funny? unfair? yeah so I just letting people to to understand you a little bit more and just to be nicer to other humans you know just yeah. be more and more understanding that you know what okay maybe the person's acting like this because something is going on in their life i may not know so let me just who saw a bit and let me just let let them just take a little breather
0: Thank you so much to Claudia and, of course, to Arish for um, sharing such a powerful story. Um, really, really inspiring. And what Arish is trying to do in her field of work, you know, modeling. Um, it's 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 truly inspiring. Um, so thank you and I'm sure you'll agree what a powerful story and of course if you do have any questions you have any comments or you'd like to be on EpilepsyCast you know just as Arish did you can contact us on podcast at epilepsy.org.uk and of course please do follow us on all uh, social platforms at Epilepsy Action and of course if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts please leave us uh, a review or a rating or if you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcast platform click that follow button and you'll get um new episodes popping up in your feed whenever whenever we put them out as series two draws ever near so thank you once again as always a pleasure to do this podcast and it's a truly a pleasure to know that someone like arish has, has listened to the podcast and found a safe space and where you can listen to other people's stories and feel you know heard feel recognized and really that's what this podcast is, is truly all about and um, it wouldn't be anything without you listeners.